Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. Another Monday, another week, another weekend over, and here we are again. <laughs> uh, so this past week, it was fun. I turned 27. 27 now. I turned 27 on the 9th. Um, it was a good day. Just kind of chilled. I uh, went to an all-you-can-eat Japanese restaurant for dinner, which was super yummy. Obviously ate way too much, but like, are we totally not surprised um the friday before my birthday we actually went to the casino and i've never been to the casino before um it was really fun we met up with one of our friends and his dad and we literally ended up playing war (laughs) the whole time because i don't know how to play any other game uh blackjack i know you get to get 21 but that like that's all i know poker couldn't couldn't tell you how to play that game because i don't know uh slots you don't win anything on that even though our buddy he won he literally pressed a button like the night prior when he was there and won a thousand dollars so like you can win but like eh but so we just played war the whole time and we went in with 160 bucks and we left with 400 so that was a pretty fun experience um for my birthday too uh so yeah so just busy with my birthday busy with you know report cards, student-led conferences, which is basically like parent-teacher interviews for the first report cards, just kind of like organizing everything. I cannot wait. There's literally four weeks left. Four weeks? About four weeks. Four, five weeks left um, until Christmas break, and I can't wait. I just, just two weeks off. Like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Uh, but things are, just, things are just so busy. But I'm super, super glad I've been able to find the time to um, interview our, this guest that I have today. So as you guys know, I'm a big reader. Love to read. Love, love, love it. Um, Love to go to the library. Love chapters, Indigo. Um, And I'm really excited because I have an author on with us today. Um, And she uh, wrote a book called Shit Adults Never Told Us. And her name is Natasha Sattler, and she will be on with us momentarily. I'm super excited to see where she got, like, the premises of her idea to write this book and, like, where she got her ideas from and all of that stuff. So it's going to be – it'll be a great uh, show today. And, like, thinking about it, what are some things, like – what are some things that adults never told us growing up? Like, it's kind of interesting to think about that, right? Like – now that we are adults, what have we learned that, like, our parents never told us? For one, I'm trying to think here. For one, parents never told us how much we have to wash our sheets in our bed. That's just the first thing I thought of because I'm laying here on my bed with my dog and the dog hair is, there's dog hair everywhere. <laughs> um, and we wash our sheets every single day. And that's a pain in the ass. Um, they all, shit, adults never told us either that... Like, I feel like we always just assumed we would have more time as adults, but in reality, like, we don't. Um, And life just goes by way too fast. So that's probably something else. But I'm really curious to see what kind of Natasha has um, in her book and, like, just 
getting her her knowledge and her background on this and i think it's gonna be really interesting so let's take a quick break and then we will bring her on So I am super, super excited to have Natasha here with us now. Yay! Hi, Natasha. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, it was your birthday. It was my birthday yesterday. I only turned 27, so. <laughs> That's an excellent age. I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, 26 wasn't the greatest, so I hope 27 is better. <laughs> A lot of change happened for me at 27. Yeah? So. Like what? what was it's the, good. What was the biggest change happened to you at 27? The biggest change was I ended a nine-year relationship. Oh! <laughs> but other than that, I changed jobs, and I had two dogs and ended up with only one dog after the split, and I went by myself on my first solo trip that year. So, like, a lot of, a lot of good things Good things. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm excited for that then. Well, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Um, so I kind of did like a little intro for you before you got here. Um, kind of talking about first the fact that you wrote a book I think is the coolest thing in the entire world. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. It did not feel cool when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that it only got published in April of this year. So that's really cool. It did. I uh, So I started writing it a year ago. I wrote it in about six weeks, and then from there it was six months to be published. It's been out for six months. It's been a real whirlwind. That's so cool. Okay, so I have a million and trillion questions. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the book first. Um, so your book is called Shit Adults Have Never Taught Us, and I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Shit Adults Have Never Taught Us was the working title for a long time, and then I kept like experimenting with other titles, and nothing felt as direct and good. Yeah. And like I tried a bunch of other things, and I was talking to friends, and I was like, okay, so the title Shit Adults Have Never Taught Us for now, but I feel like it's going to change because nobody can remember that, and <laughs> I would be talking to people mid-sentence, and they would be like, no, I can't wait to read... Um, shit uh like people know about and I'm like that's not what it is so I was really nervous because it's a hard name but there's no other book called no shit I, I as soon so. as I saw that like with your with your bio and stuff I was like oh my god I'm like I gotta talk to this girl <laughs> right and the website is like like no one had that website it's easy to just get shit adults because <laughs> no one else has that well first of all nobody puts like a swear word in the, their book title so kudos to you for that one too thank you it felt necessary because I, stuff is too calm also it's a, a little precursor there's a lot of cursing in the book <laughs> that's totally fine i feel like sometimes that's just necessary so <laughs> Um, so, okay, so... Yeah, I think cursing is a good part of being an adult. <laughs> so what kind of was your... I get the title goes without saying, but I still want to hear it from you. Like, what kind of was your whole premise and, like, idea in wanting to write this? So I wrote the book out of conversations ha that happened during quarantine. Okay. So I, you know, like everybody else, watched all of Netflix, watched <laughs> all of the internet... And then started having Zoom happy hours with friends and conversations with friends that went a little bit deeper than we had ever talked before. And, you know, the, the pandemic brought up a lot of things for a lot of people. It brought up mental health issues. Yep. It brought up relationship issues. It brought up money and finance issues. And so I was having conversations with friends I've had for years. And it, it became very apparent that there were a lot of topics that we had never talked about before and that 
it just felt like there were a lot of gaps in knowledge that we all shared, but we're like too embarrassed to talk about. 100%. So I started writing them down and I just sort of, you know, put them all in a word document and I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. And then it eventually became the book. That's, that's so cool. So, um, what would be, I haven't read it yet because I only, we only low key just matched on this podcast app like a week ago. So I haven't gotten around to reading it yet, but now it's on my list. Okay. Um, what is like, without kind of giving it away, is it like every chapter is like a different, like thing people like adults have ever taught us or like how to like how is like your it kind of framed so i start with the scary info and then i go backwards so it's 98 (laughs) chapters which sounds super scary but i I promise you 98 chapters is not scary because all of them are three pages or under it's super fast quick 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 chapters and they're also with my witty hilarious sense of humor because if you're not gonna laugh about how shitty being an adult is why even bother (laughs) so it's split into four sections. The first section is career and money shit, and then relationship shit, and then mind shit, and then life shit. And it progresses through, like, career and money can be anything from getting a side hustle to having a savings account to figuring out how to negotiate a salary or a raise or your bills or whatever. It's the money shit, the boring stuff that we never learned in school or did learn and just tuned out because it was really boring. Facts. But it's written in fast you yeah it's like super fast way so all that stuff you don't want to learn just read three pages by the end you'll know it and then you can just move on with your life and like be better at things like I hate when people are like I'm so bad with money okay then just be better at it like there's nothing stopping you and so the next part is a relationship and that's sort of everything in a relationship so it's it covers you know dating having the courage to fall in love all the way through to surviving a breakup and everything in between it's every fight you'll ever have it's managing the good times and the bad times in a relationship and then it also encompasses things like parents siblings making friends as an adult like all kinds of relationships uh the mind shit is all the mental health stuff anxiety depression overthinking all the stuff that comes up in our heads yep uh and then how to manage all of those it's it is the most chapters with 30 but it also has techniques that help you manage whatever's going on for you because mental health is not a one-size-fits-all and so there's like certain things that work for me certain things that don't certain things that work for friends of mine certain techniques i've been taught like i was raised by a child psychologist i have been in therapy for many years i have a lot of friends in therapy i live in los angeles like there are a lot of techniques i've learned just accidentally or on purpose that are included um and then also experts weighed in a little bit and then the life stuff is more about like asking more questions protecting your privacy uh knowing when to settle for and what not to settle for setting boundaries all that fun stuff. I uh, so love yeah, this. that's how the book is broken down. I love this. Um, if you had to tell, like, they're all important, but if you had to pick one major lesson, I'm going to call them, from, like, every section, mm-hmm. what would be your main one? Oh, my goodness. And then what's so funny is I do a lot of podcasts, and yeah. everybody asks this question, <laughs> and it changes for whatever the mindset is for my day. And that's, that's totally true fair. for the people that read it, yeah. too. Because you could read the relationship section or the mental health section, and you're going to read it from the mindset or the relationship that you're in today. Yeah. And if your relationship evolves or you start dating a new person or your mindset changes, you're having a chaotic day, and then another day you're having an anxious day, and another day you're having a calm day, you're going to read the same stuff with a totally different mindset, and you're going to get something different out of it. So for me right now, 
I really like knowing when to leave a job and the side hustle chapters right now. I think those are really important as we round out the end of the year, like we're in November now. So it just feels like people are thinking about the future. They're thinking about their next, like next year, next chapter. So knowing when to leave a job and how to find the right side hustle for you, those things are probably, and like having savings, um, those are really important chapters i think and investing is really important right now because bitcoin is going crazy and stuff um so those are really important chapters right now and some of my personal faves the um let's see in the relationship section i would say knowing that there's no perfect person because you're not perfect so there's no perfect person that's a really good chapter in putting into perspective what your standards are and why they are that way. What in your past has brought you there? Is there any trauma that needs to be resolved? Are you projecting anything? Um, And then, I don't know, I like the chapter about getting your heart broken. I know that that sounds really bad, (laughs) but I like the chapter about getting your heart broken because it talks about why it's important and all of the things that you learn from it. Uh, And it also talks, there's also a chapter in there about... um, like every relationship, every romantic relationship in your life is going to end except for the last one. So finding the joy and the lesson in every relationship and stop looking at relationships like a failure. Every relationship is successful. You could could date someone for a year and eight months of it was really great and then it went downhill. You had an eight-month successful relationship that taught you a lot and then the downfall of it taught you a lot. Take the lessons, move on, find a better fit. Um, the mental health right now for me, overthinking is a big one. Yep. And um, <laughs> a lot of things in the news and things can make me overthink and keep me up at night. So that one in particular, catastrophic thinking as well. Um, and moving on, not really focusing on the past. There's mm. a chapter in there about putting the past down so that you can move forward because it can be really heavy at times. That's hard for me. Um, and then the last section, the life section, I have three chapters in there about traveling and I've been traveling a lot this year now that the pandemic is calming down and things are opening up a little bit and people are vaccinated. So the travel sections for me are really exciting, but also, um, yeah, there's some in there about, uh, recognizing stuff as just stuff. The people and the experiences you collect in your life are far more important than the tangible objects. And then it goes into why, um, and why like you're obsessing over this pair of pants that got ruined and in 10 years you're not even going to remember that you owned them (laughs) (laughs) like did you write this book in like from my brain or like what like what (laughs) i love that so many people say that because i feel like that's the whole reason for the book like that's the whole point yeah is i wrote it once i figured out that we all were having the same conversations and we were all too embarrassed to say all the things roaming around in our head causing us so much stress and anxiety so i wrote it all down and then everybody reads it and they're like oh my god it's like you're in my brain and i'm like that's the whole point we need to talk about all these things and we need to figure them out and you're like them together. you're like low low-key taylor swift in an author form like <laughs> Oh my god, that's the nicest thing anybody ever said to me. That is so kind. <laughs> I just think it's super cool. Like the things you're saying here, and I'm like, oh my good god. And like you're in LA and I'm in Canada, like near Toronto, Niagara Falls. Like we couldn't be further from each other and we're thinking the same thing. Like that's it's true. I I just did interviews over the past month with people in Singapore, oh India, England. And I can tell you, every single person is feeling the same thing. That's crazy. Everybody feels like they're crazy because everyone else around them has their shit together and they don't. Fun fact, no one has their shit together. We're all just too scared 
to talk about it. We don't ask questions anymore because yep. somebody called us stupid one time and we yep. did. And so we just stopped asking questions and we started Googling it. Or people have been Googling and figuring things out on their own and then not telling everyone, which seems really mean. Yep. So I wrote a book instead. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is genius. I think this is so funny. Um, this kind of reminds me of a funny story. Um, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I think you're going to giggle about this. So I'm a grade three okay. French immersion teacher. And last year I taught grade, uh, grade four, five, six. And I had to teach health. And at the end of the school year, it's like the whole sex ed and development kind of piece. And so we were virtual last year, obviously, here. Um, and so we were doing the sex ed class. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like the parents are going to be at home. They're going to hear me doing this. Like, I got to spin this as science based as I can. The kids were Whoa, great, but they they a really unique yeah. aspect. I never even thought about like all the things that I learned in school with the safety of not having my parents. Yeah. Here. And Whoa, so you so, just blew my mind with that fact alone. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, how am I gonna make this like so the kids feel safe because we're like they're at home still, like their parents can hear them and like me still be professional, but like I I thrive on like making relationships with my kids because I feel like a lot of teachers nowadays they do, but like it's just it's different than like when I was a kid, like teachers like just kind of went there taught and like did their thing you know what I mean where it's like I want to yeah. like I want to help these kids as much as I can and so I made this google form up and I was like guys like if you have any questions any questions at all for anything we're talking about like let me know put it in the in the question this like question box and I'll read the questions at the end of class and we'll answer them so we're getting towards the end of this <laughs> the end of the, the the year here and it's like end of May and I see this one question and you get like the typical ones like, oh, like, like, um, what is sex? Why do people have sex? This and that. And like, OK, whatever. Like you, you got to spin it and like, oh, like, well, it's like when people love each other, this is what happens. Like the stereotypical thing. So there was, yeah. I was sitting here and there was one question and I it was a grade five class that asked this and I looked at it and I was dying. I'm like, guys, I'm not answering this question. I'm not answering it. And the reason I'm telling you the story is because like you're mentioning shit adults never taught us about this. So. I'm like, guys, I'm not doing it. And then they're like, come on, madame, like, tell us, tell us. And I'm like, oh, shit, God. Like, and, and when you're in when you're in grade five, you're how old? You're what? You're 11? Yeah, 10 or 11, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, oh, good God. And so, like, I'm sitting here. I'm looking on the, like, Ontario curriculum, like, trying to see, because their question fell into a very specific category. It was about, not. it was, it fell into the masturbation category, okay? So I'm like, okay, God, like, where does this, like, where that is this? That adds up with that age. Yeah, sure. I'm like, where does you're this? Asked- where does this get mentioned? Like what, what, what grade does it get mentioned in? And it was grade six. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I would rather answer this question. The question was, what is a dildo? What was the question? And so I was okay. like, I was like, I would rather me tell them now than them to go Google it and find whatever they're going to find on the internet. You know what I mean? And I'm like, they're going to learn about it next. Like they're going to learn what masturbation is in grade six anyway. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm like, guys, the question is, what is a dildo? And all their faces dropped. Like, their mouths fell on the ground on the camera. And I'm like, and then, like, they're all on mute, but they're all dying of laughter. The boys are just like, oh, good God. And then I'm like, it's a plastic penis. And that's all I said to them. That's all. Because, like, really, that's what it is, right? And so that's all I said to them. And then, like, the girls. There's going to be so many follow-up questions. Oh, 100%. But then the girls, the girls were like, the girls were all giggly. And the boys just looked at me and they're like, 
but madame, why? And I'm like, guys, that's a grade six question, but this is all you need to know. I would rather me tell you this than you to go Google it later and like see inappropriate things or whatever. And then I get a couple parent emails later. And at first I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get so many bad parent emails. And the the emails I got from parents were like, thank you for telling my kid that and not me. I appreciate that. Like, thank you for telling them in a safe way. And I was like, oh, this all worked out. Okay, good. Yeah. The internet now, and so if I did, I probably would have learned a lot of shit the wrong way. Like I'm so thankful that I had to ask questions. Kids don't ask any questions no. anymore, and it's really scary. No, but like, like but you I'm mentioned, glad like that these kids are. Yeah, and like the fact that you mentioned though, like growing up, like I was too scared to ask my mom half the stuff. Like you're right, like yeah, like oh, I was way too scared. Yeah, people never taught us that, and there would no be no way in hell I'd ever ask a teacher what a dildo is like. But you actually, you created a safe space where they were able to anonymously, which never happened. There was no anonymous yeah. anything in my class, especially because we, even when it was quote unquote anonymous, like I remember in my healthcare class, we would write questions, mm. fold them up on a piece of paper, bring them to the front and put them in like a bucket. Yeah. And then kids could go up and they could unfold and ask an anonymous question and the teacher would answer it or you could have other kids answer it, but it was supposed to be anonymous. But you are looking around and you're like, well, obviously a girl with like girly hands. Yeah. This. And then you can look around and you can kind of see like who's embarrassed when the question is being read. And so there isn't any anonymity. But you did that. You found a way to make it anonymous and like truly anonymous, which is special. I just cut. I, Sorry, go ahead. I think it would have been like so hard to answer that question <laughs> because you can be like, well, it's a plastic penis, but then you're going to get a million other questions. They, like, they, okay, were, they were pretty good. I think they were, they, were, they were satisfied with that answer. And I was like, okay, good, because that's, that's all I'm telling you guys. <laughs> well, because you can be like, there are certain tools and things that people use, and some people prefer to use, you know, just their hands, and some people prefer to use other things, and it's about preference, and you'll learn all about that in, in sixth grade yeah. health class, <laughs> and then you just get to, like, when you say things like it's just about preference, kids are just like, oh, okay, yeah, because they, what they've learned for preference is, like, I like chocolate, and that, not white chocolate, or I like Skittles, green flavors, and not red flavors, yeah, and so for them, preference is, like, totally fine at that age. Yeah. And there's no follow-up questions like, oh, well, that's just what I like and don't like. And so they don't have a context. I'm just like, I'm, like, I'm picturing like a, the kid in my class re- writing like a sequel to your book in like 10 years and just that question not being part of their book because I answered it for them. <laughs> I very much hope that's true. And look, like I say this a lot. I had incredible teachers. I had incredible parents. I had one of the best upbringings I think that you can have. It still left a lot of gaps in knowledge. Mm -hmm. And for the exact same reason that you're saying, like, things changed real quick when I became an adult. I graduated high school 13 years ago. And when I graduated, the internet was still thought of as, like, you would email somebody and it would, like, nobody checked their email as much as we do now. Google was very much, like, at its beginning stages. And... I don't know what I would have done as a kid with Google and all of the resources. Mm. I definitely wouldn't have had online learning as a resource. It wasn't until even the later part of college where I could take tests yeah. online. It was, it's just crazy to me. So I do hope that more questions are being answered with the technology, but there's no way to keep up. Despite the amazing upbringing I may have had, and most people reading it probably did have, technology went too fast. 
Your parents can't teach you what they don't know. Your teachers yep. can't teach you what they don't know. They're teaching what they do know, and it might be out of date. Like, yep. when I learned investing, I thought investing was like a fancy dude with a suit and a briefcase. <laughs> and, like, that's the only way to do it. Like Wall not, Street in, Wall Street in New York. <laughs> I thought it involved, like, hedge fund managers yeah. and, like, words I don't understand. And it doesn't. It involves an app on your phone and, like, 20 bucks. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, actually. <laughs> once you, like, I, there's a few apps, but I personally use Robinhood. There are so many of them, though, and I don't have an affiliation with any. So use, do your research <laughs> and do, use whichever one you want. But once I found out that you could start with as little as $20 and you could just invest. And, like, I, the way I started investing is not something I recommend for people, but it is the way that got me into it, which is I got a bonus from work. I was told, if you want to start investing, invest with free money. So, like, your birthday money, yeah. your bonus, you get a raise, you put that money in, so you won't miss it if you fuck up. Because you, at the beginning of investing, you probably will fuck up. So you take a little bit of money that you won't miss, and you put it in, and I invested in ticker names that sounded funny. I did a little bit of research, but I would find companies, because I wanted to make sure ethically, like, I wasn't investing in something I hated. Yeah. Or you can also look up to, like, five years in the past and make sure that, you know, it hasn't been declining every day for five years. Like, you just do a little bit of research. But I invested in ticker names that sounded funny because it was the only way to engage my interest. And then once, like, six months went by, I started investing in things that, you know, didn't sound like nugget. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. Um, I do. Have a I just think Sorry, we but... get really scared. We get really scared about a lot of topics, and if you oh, take yeah. away the scariness and you just make it really accessible, more people will do it because it's not so overwhelming. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I do have a question. It like it's just pertaining to like how you like your how you got your idea published and how like how did somebody like what did you do to get somebody to jump on board and pick that up and like get a publisher and all of that stuff because I low-key have an idea for a book and I have like three chapters written nonfiction. um but like <laughs> how did you get that like get that part done so I wrote the book like I said very quickly yeah. and I immediately went into a process called developmental editing and developmental editing is when you hand what I can only describe as word vomit on a page like your your just stream of consciousness ideas that I wrote out, I hand them to an editor. She went through, she cut whole sections. She looked at it. She was like, okay, she would literally cut pages and then circle a paragraph at the end and be like, this is the chapter, write more about this. And I'd be like, you just cut 90% of it. <laughs> um, so I went through a process called developmental editing because I wanted the book in a really good spot first. Yeah. And then I went and I shopped the book around and a lot of places wanted to change a lot of it. They wanted to do another round, two rounds, three rounds of developmental editing. They wanted to figure out who the audience was. Like, I got a lot of, well, what's the audience for this? Yeah. Is it, you know, 18-year-old, 20-year-old starting life? And the answer to that is yes, but it's also the 40, 50, 60-year-old yeah. that's trying to make a change in their life or trying to navigate a relationship or yeah. struggling with mental health. There isn't an age. And so it made it really difficult for a publisher because they need a concrete brand. They want to shape it and mold it to the way that they want. And they want it to be a demographic that's easily marketable because they, they have to. Mm -hmm. So I ended up self-publishing this book. Oh, wow. How, how does that work? 
I did it through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, and Google Playbooks. Oh. And so it's available on all four of those platforms. It's also, you can buy one directly from me through the website, shouldadultsnevertaughtus.com. And the whole reason was I needed to control it because I didn't want it to be diluted down to one particular audience. Yeah. Uh, my main issue with self-help books is for every single topic, you have to buy a book. And, like, you read the book, and then you put it down, and you're like, oh, thank God, I'm a changed person. And you don't actually do anything the book says. Yeah. So half the chapters in my book have a checklist at the end of them. And one publisher in particular wanted to get rid of that. They were like, it's not a workbook, it's a book. And I was like, no, it's a workbook, too. So I wrote a book for my kind of brain, which is ADD and needs to move on to topics quickly. So I don't have to buy a separate book for every topic. It's 98 different topics in one book. I love it gives that. Me act- it gives me actionable items, and it's tangible throughout years. Yeah. It's not something that I'm just going to read at one stage of my life and put down. That's amazing. Like, there are going to be certain chapters that won't apply until you reach that part of your life. So, yeah, yeah that's how I did it and oh, why I did it that way. I love that. Like, so, like, I know because I know, like, you have to kind of, like, start that process, like, early on ish and so like I've kind of like just googled like publishers around and I've I've ran into like the same kind of thing um that you were mentioning like oh like who who's this audience for and mine's like mine's identical like you mentioned um and like at the end of mine at the end of every chapter in mine I have like a paragraph that's called advice to my advice to my um younger self and it's like based on everything like that you just read in that chapter like here are the things like I wish somebody had taught me when I was younger based on everything like we just kind of talked about um and like people are like well like that's that's kind of dumb and I'm like no that's like that's like the whole premise of it though like this is what I wish like I had known after I read all this like this is what I wish I could tell myself when I was like 10 or 11 or 12 and so like because that way it'll like help you as you grow up um so I was just like, you're kind of like the first author I've ever spoken to. So I was like, I kind of want to like pick her brain on how she did this. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. There are some mistakes that I made. The number one mistake is I didn't have a social media presence when I started this. So I published the book in April. I think I joined Instagram in like February or March. And I was like, okay, like people are just going to find it. And that's not true. Yeah. So I like had to go and actually do a little bit of work and like make content and put it out on there. And that's been the scariest part. Like marketing the book is probably the least natural part yeah and writing it was hard it wasn't you know a walk in the park editing it was harder but marketing it man that has been the hardest part so if I were to give advice to anybody writing a book market as soon as you have the idea like as soon as you have the idea get the name or write a little bit and figure out the name based on the content and then like my the title of mine came to me right away and like I haven't you're the first person and well now all the podcast knows but like you're the first person I've kind of told that like I have this much done of it already so (laughs) well that's amazing and now you got to go get the handle for it and you sign up for the Instagram handle and then so you make you make the Instagram page now even though it's not done yeah because that's the one thing I I messed up on is I started marking the book like a couple weeks before it came out and there was no audience for it Mm. so it had a pretty delayed hit like yeah. it really started spiraling in sales like a few months after it yeah. came out 
because I didn't know how to market the book. So I would just say start marketing it. Like I didn't know what to do. I would have built up my social media presence much sooner. Mm. And you having this podcast is going to build it up. Yeah, that, so, well, that's why I started this. I'm like, that can like be the first into it. <laughs> yeah, having an audience, having a built-in audience because yeah. I had to build it from scratch. And I was like, okay, so I'm trying to build this audience that I need in like three weeks. So that's <laughs> it doesn't exist. So like when you, when you self-publish it like through Amazon and Barnes & Nobles, we don't have Barnes & Nobles in Canada. It's, it's, we just have like, it's, it's called Chapters Indigo. Like, I don't know if you guys have that in the States. I don't think so. Oh, yeah, because we don't, we don't have Bars and Nobles. But, like, so when you do it through Amazon and stuff, like, do they – like, for example, if I went on Amazon right now and I purchased – because I'm a hard copy kind of girl, um, and yeah. I purchased the hard copy, do they – like, is it them who made the hard copy? Like, how did – like, how does that work? Yeah, so you upload all of the files. Yeah. Like, I upload the cover and yeah. the manuscript and the barcode and everything, and I set the price, and then they print it and they send it. And I think it takes like three days to get to you. Oh wow, that's cool. How do you yeah. make a how do you so make a barcode? Oh, it's uh, there's a software I can send you. It's like a link that oh. you it generates the barcode for you. Look how much I'm learning from you. Like wow. Yeah, it's re- it's a really cool process. Like learning it was yeah. one of the coolest little boot camps I got. And I like learning. I feel like you're the same way. I like learning processes of yeah. things. And so that was a really cool one to observe. And uh, Amazon makes it really easy because they have on-demand people that will talk to you. You can call them and they'll call you back within an hour all the time. Oh, wow. So anytime I have a question, I just like call them and then they'll be like, okay, your wait time is 18 minutes. And I just get an answer very quickly. <laughs> so that's been really nice. And I like that they're print-on-demand for several reasons. But everybody that buys a book is getting like a freshly new book. That's amazing. And we're not wasting trees. We're not, you know, Yeah. I'm not printing like a hundred million copies and not selling half of them. Yeah. It's not, I, I'm conscious of that at least. Yeah. No, that's so awesome. That's good. I like need to get a hand, a hand on this book right now. <laughs> like <laughs> it also makes it more palatable for global, like, yeah, because it's printed locally. So it's going to be printed in your country from where you order it from. Oh. So you can order shit at El Samaritatis in I think like 60 different countries oh wow it's in English it's always in English it's still my manuscript but you can get it like I love looking at that because you can see it on the back end like people in Italy or India or I love seeing where people are purchasing it that's so cool that's like um like on this like the the site I upload the podcast on like you see like the demographics like where it was listened to and like there's there would be like one in like Brazil or Turkey and I'm like this is kind of really cool like so that's cool that you can see that with the book too isn't that the best part of the internet? Yeah. To connect with people. Like, I'm connected to you right now. We're connecting with people all over the world. Never in a million years would that happen. 100%. You have, like, a pen pal, and you would send letters back every three months. That's right? That's the way it used to work. I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe this girl in L.A. and I are so similar. Like, what is going on in my life right now? <laughs> the world is so much smaller than we think it is. Right? That's so cool. I'm so – I don't even know you, but I'm, like, so proud of you and, like, so proud Thank of you. that you wrote I'm this book. You. Oh, thanks. Keep writing the book, and when you feel like you're not motivated, just text me, and I'll motivate you, and then you just keep writing. <laughs> I'm like gonna. I found just... that, like when I would write the book, I would get into these little slumps. Like yeah. I was so motivated to write the book at the beginning, and I would write, and then I'd sit up till two o'clock in the morning thinking about other chapters and other ideas that I would have, and I'd be like, "Oh, I gotta go write that chapter. Oh, wait, one more chapter. Oh, wait, I gotta go write this." And I wrote probably half the book in, like, the first three weeks because I was just so focused on writing. And then I would get into a slump, and I found the more people I told, like, if I would run into a friend, 
or if I had like a coworker or something ask what I do in my free time, I'd be like, oh, I'm writing a book. That weirdly motivated me mm-hmm. because I was like, well, I guess now I got to do it. Yeah, I yeah. I got to go do it. <laughs> I would sit down because then there were people that would be like, oh, what's your book about? And I would start to explain it and they would be like, well, have you talked about this topic? And then it just, you know, it just Yeah, then out. it just like snowballs. It's really great. It's a really great technique to get you motivated. Just that, tell more people about it. That doesn't, that's not exclusively for books. That's for anything. Yeah. I get a little like too nervous talking about things that like I'm excited for because I'm like, someone's going to think this is dumb. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they think it's dumb. It's, it's so motivating when you tell other people because there's an accountability factor. Sure. Now it's out in the world. Now you've told them, they're going to check in on it. Like the next time you see that person, they're going to say, how's such and such coming along? And you have to keep going with it. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have any plans to write, like, another book one day? I am slowly starting my second book, but, <gasps> man, it's hard. Yeah? It is really difficult to write the second one. Yeah, because the first book was written with 30 years of experience. The second book, I have one. Which is <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's so much harder to write a second book because, you know, I put everything that I really thought was important and vital in the first one. Yeah. The second one is also way more vulnerable. Which the first one is really open and vulnerable. It's a collection of the failures and life lessons I've learned. But the second one is just more open, more vulnerable, and it's um, it's just more personal. Yeah. And so it's been harder to write because of that. Uh, that's that's exciting though. But like, yeah, take your time with that one. You've already like you like this one just came out in April, so you have you have lots to write on with that one while you work on the second one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I know from the moment I stopped writing it, it's still six months till the next one comes out. So even if I stopped writing it today, it wouldn't come out till May at the earliest. Why does it – is it a six-month, like, process? Because developmental editing took about a month. True, um, true. Copy editing, copy editing, I did two rounds, so that was another, like, six weeks to two months. And then uh, formatting the manuscript and making the cover and then getting a proof copy, proofing it, and then – putting it up on all the websites. Yeah, it takes about mm-hmm. – I could maybe condense it to five months if I was a crazy person yeah. and made it my full-time job. But, no, it still took a, a, a good amount of time, and I think I did it as fast as I could have. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole editing process and getting everything together takes about six months. Oh, well, like, that's not too, too bad, though. No, but, I mean – I just, I keep that in the back of my head. Like, yeah. The second I'm done writing, is not the end of it. Yeah, you're like, oh, I got six more months of this to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until anybody even reads it. <laughs> That's awesome, though. So um, where can um, my listeners find you? Instagram, your website, yeah. all of it? So the website is shit adults never taught us. The Gmail is shit adults never taught us at gmail.com. And I love talking to people. There's also merch on the website. There's a podcast that I started that dives a little bit deeper into topics that didn't make it into the book, but are maybe not enough to make a chapter, but are enough to have a conversation about on a podcast. So it keeps the conversation going. Uh, yeah, we talk about really cool things. Uh, and then, Instagram is at Should Adults Never Taught Us, and the book is on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Play Books, and Apple Books. That's amazing. Thank you so much for taking your – I was going to say night, but it's 8.30 at night here, and it's not 8.30 at night in Los Angeles. I know that. <laughs> it's 5.30, but it's dark all of a Oh, sudden. my God. We it's dark here, too. savings and – now it's like four o'clock. The sun is setting. Yeah, it's I know. Me off but so much. thank you for taking time out of your evening um, to kind of chat with me. And I'm I'm literally going to go order your copy when we hang up on this call. So. <laughs> 
You're so sweet. Thank you. Of course. Um, and take care. And I can't wait to see um, what else you come up with. Likewise. I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> Thanks. We'll chat soon. All right. Bye. Bye. So can we just talk about how amazing that was? I literally love her. Like, <laughs> I've just purchased her book. Um, I will let you guys know how it is. But she's literally my spirit animal. Like, how can somebody who lives so far away from you just, you have such, like, a good vibe with? Like, it just, that's crazy. And I've never met somebody from L.A., so, like, that's cool. She wrote a book. Everything about her book is, like, in my brain. Um, but, yeah, super, super interesting. I'm super glad I got to have her on. Um, I'm, like... Just, I wish that, like, we weren't so afraid to talk about things. And I wish that, like, we weren't so afraid to ask questions. And we weren't so afraid to um, be curious about things. Um, I find it's, whether that's, like, it's, like, just your personality. Like, you're introverted or you're just too shy. Or, like, you're scared of being judged based on your questions. Questions are important. And questions are what help us grow and what help us learn new things and discover our interests. Um... So I really like the fact that, like, Natasha kind of highlighted important things that we never got taught when we were younger or that we were too scared to ask about when we were younger. Um, and she kind of puts it into, like, a comedic way in, like, a self-help book kind of way. Um, and I think that's absolutely amazing because we need to ask questions. And that's why I kind of told my story about my health lesson uh, last year because um, – like, I love the fact that my students can ask me questions and the relationship that I've built with them is strong enough that they don't feel scared enough and we're in a safe enough space that they feel comfortable asking those types of questions. And I would rather teach them something than them go on the internet and find something that's, like, completely out there or inappropriate or, um, like, not safe. You know what I mean? So that's kind of why I told my story, because I want to encourage people to ask those kinds of questions, build those relationships with other people, um, build that trust level up, whether it be with younger people, whether it be with your friends, whether it be with your family. Um, and don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be scared to be curious. Um, I love learning new things. I love being curious, hence why I'm still taking courses, <laughs> even though I have two degrees. Like, I always wanted to learn new things, and I always wish that, um, like... I wasn't as scared when I was younger and I wasn't as naive because I would have, I, I feel like I would be a different person now if I wasn't scared to ask questions when I was younger. So moral of the story is ask questions, buy Natasha's book, follow her on Instagram and all the socials and have a good laugh because this book is going to be amazing. It comes in tomorrow. I'm so excited. I already ordered it. It comes in from Amazon tomorrow and I'm pumped to read it. Like you have no idea. Um, so yeah, that's your guys' goal this week is to order Natasha's book and read it and let me know what you think in the DMs at little did you know podcast, because I want to hear what you guys think about it and yeah. And then we can chat about it next, um, next week or in the next couple of weeks. So buy the book. I'm plugging her because she's amazing and I loved chatting with her and, uh, we'll chat next week guys. Have a great week.